Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Hello, boys and girls. Welcome in to the Boys and Girl Podcast with Cowboys NFL Network reporter Jane Slater and NFL Network producer Bobby Belt. A Cowboys community with the inside scoop on the Dallas Cowboys. Now, coming straight to you from the Lone Star State, here's Jane and Bobby. It's the same every week. You prepare for what you prepare for. Bill's just a great motivator. I think he understands the football from the beginning. He's a historian. Just like Eisenhower said, preparation's important for the war. Once a battle starts, you just throw it all out of the window. The dynasty continues. To savant. I think he just knows how to put people in great positions to make plays. Why are we starting with a conversation about Bill Belichick and these Patriots? Well, Bobby, that's because the Cowboys are 0-4 against Bill and the Patriots. It's a daunting task when you consider they're heading to Foxborough this weekend. They've got to take on this 9-1 team. And oh, by the way, not only is it going to be cold up at Gillette Stadium, there's a 50% chance of rain. Yeah, it's not going to be an easy as much as we're all talking about how Dak Prescott's going to respond to the first time he sees Belichick and what kind of wizardry Belichick's going to try and use on him. Uh, the elements are going to be enough of a challenge as it is. And so it will be interesting to see if the Cowboys try and throttle things back a little bit, play some old school football and attempt to run the ball in a difficult road environment. It sounds quintessentially Jason Garrett to do that. And I, I think with the elements in play, it, it certainly is. But they're not going to make it easy on you regardless of the elements or anything else. Uh, the, the Patriots are going to make it as difficult as possible for you to execute your game plan. And then let's talk about the importance of having all hands on deck. We were able to catch up with Jeff Heath, the safety in the locker room, and, and I was shocked he's already ready to go. He said that he's feeling a lot better. He's playing on Sunday. And then as for Amari Cooper, you eyeballed test him uh, today during the open media portion. What did you see from Amari Cooper? Yeah, he was, he was not nearly as quick when he cuts. Um, I, I mean, when you go out there and you see Amari Cooper at practice, he's not a guy who ever loafs it or anything. I mean, he's out there... Uh, going full speed and specifically in the receiver drills when they're running cuts or comebacks, you always see him, you know, just like in the game, quick feet and, you know, hard cuts. And uh, he wasn't doing a lot of that. They were some softer uh, turns into his routes and he was taking more steps than usual to kind of stop and slow down. And I, I would guess just from eyeballing it, he looked like he was running at maybe like 80% of what he normally does. Now that could just be load management earlier in the week. 
Um, they generally start ramping guys up more and more Thursday and Friday, specifically Thursday. So uh, Thursday, when you guys are hearing this, this will be a bigger indicator of how he's looking and, and how well prepared he is. But he, he did look like he was taking things a little bit slower, not gone from practice, out there participating, but uh, a little throttled back. And then how about Connor Williams in the locker room telling reporters that uh, after that arthroscopic surgery on Monday, he was expected to practice in some capacity on Thursday. Now, I think it's it would be a stretch to think that he could play on Sunday, but that gives you some depth, which is huge as you consider the second half of this schedule. And if there's anyone that can give this team any insight into what the Patriot way is, keep in mind the Cowboys uh, picked up uh, Michael Bennett, the defensive end. He was traded away from the Patriots during this season, and I thought he had some really good insight into what it's like being coached by a guy like Bill Belichick, but also telling us, look, this game is not personal it's just business. Anything personal about this game for you at all? It's never personal in the NFL. It's always business. Mm-hmm. You don't want to let them know what they let go. Nah, I'm at the point where I have to prove myself. I think it's um, you go out there and play as hard as you can, simply not for yourself, but for your teammates. Every single time I go out there, it's not really about me. It's really about the guys that I line up next to. Um, there's a lot of great players in this defense, and you want to just be a great teammate to them, try to do the best you can and stick to the game plan and try to execute on a high level, not for yourself, but for uh, um, the teammates. What makes Bill Belichick so great? Now, obviously, we see it from the outside, but you got to see it from the inside. Just why, why is he so much better than everybody else? I think Bill's just Play, seen a lot of football at the end of the day I think Bill's just a great uh, motivator I think he understands the uh, football from the beginning he's a historian when it comes to um, football he's a place he can remember anything um, when it comes to he's a savant I think he just knows how to put people in great positions to make plays and I think um, you always go over every single thing about the game, the things that the teams do, the chances that they might take. And I think probability plays a lot into, you know, the, the execution of the team. And if there's anyone that's played for both the Dallas Cowboys as well as the Patriots, we are lucky enough to grab Jesse Hawley, who can be seen on cover four here up at DallasCowboys.com. And for people who don't know exactly who Jesse Hawley is, and I find that hard-pressed if you're a Cowboys fan, of course, he was on 4th and Long, which is where you can follow him on Twitter, at Mr. 4th and Long. And if you also didn't know, he's a bit of a germaphobe as he comes in here and he puts on the headset and the mic, man, Lysoling that down. How did you survive a locker room like that? Um, and he's now he's yeah, now he's rubbing down the actual desk down, we're recording this on and the chairs. Like, there's so many, there's so much germs that come through. The, like, how many tours go through here every single day? Right, hundreds, probably hundreds of people probably come through here. Thousands of people come through here every day. So, everyone's sniffling, scratching their nose. You know, the fellows are adjusting there. You know what I'm saying? The, 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 down in that area, <laughs> then they want to come shake your hand, and uh, I'm not okay. about that life. No, no, that's why I'm never sick. I've never had a flu shot before a day in my life. Never had the flu. You know, that's a, that happened to Jane. Jane got a flu shot, and then immediately after getting the flu shot, this I've been year, like trying to get over something for like, for like a month, for like literally two weeks now. It's been crazy. Nope. Why would I inject myself when I'm trying to keep myself away from? I'm there good. You go. Well, you know, we were talking about. Uh, and it's also flu shots, the only only medicine that people give away for free. It's crazy, huh? I mean, we could have like a whole I know. conversation yeah, about that. Yeah, it's a whole other thing. <laughs> uh, so we were talking about, you know, sort of how interesting Michael Bennett is. He was talking about Bill Belichick mm-hmm. and he used words like savant historian, mm-hmm. uh, a guy that really gets down to the probabilities, the every outcome that could happen in a game as it pertains to opponents. After you left the Dallas Cowboys, 
walk us through what led you to New England and what you learned about Bill Belichick, because it's one of my favorite stories that I wanted to share. I, this was the week I had to get you on the show because I wanted you to share this. Um, I, I Really, what led them to me, I was headed to Mexico. I, was, I had literally just landed in Mexico, literally. Was going for a little weekend, you know, vacation. And I get out, my, I land, the plane land, I turn my phone on. It's about like, I don't know, probably 10 missed calls from my agent. So I'm thinking something had happened. And I call him back. He said, where are you at? I said, ah, just landed in Cancun. He's like, what? <laughs> I said, yeah, I had nothing else better to do. So I wanted to go to Cancun. He's like, the Patriots just called. He's like, they want to work you out tomorrow. If they like you, they'll sign you. So I'm like, shoot. All right, I have to pay for this Cancun trip. <laughs> He's like, well, I can call them and tell them we can reschedule for Monday. I said, no, 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 no. Don't do that. I said, you don't you don't reschedule. I'm like, I'm afraid. I'm trying to find it. You don't reschedule when the Patriots call you. So um, I literally go through you know the customs and all that, and they come right back around and have to come. So, of course, they stop me. And they're like, wait a second. You just landed here, and now you're leaving? I was like, yeah, I need to get out of here. And so... We finally found a flight. I fly from Mexico. Now, I wanted to come back to Dallas to get my stuff. Like anybody who maybe anybody doesn't know, but if you're a former athlete or if you're an athlete, there's something about having your own stuff, my own cleats, my own shorts, you know, my own tights, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's, I don't know what it is. I don't know. I want to call it superstition, but it's, 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 you're comfortable in your own, right? Um, but there was no flights that would got me here to Dallas and then back to, uh, to Boston. So I fly into Dulles and I get to Dulles maybe about, you know, a couple early in the morning. I fly from there to get to Boston. I land in Boston at like three o'clock in the morning. Mm. Now, from Boston, and you know this, from Boston to Attleboro, it's about 45 minutes. So they drive me there and they're like, all right, I get to my room. They're like, we'll see you at seven. <laughs> so I've been flying all day. And then there's this anxiousness about, I have a workout in the morning. So you're not getting much sleep because you don't want to be late. You hear all the story about the Patriots. So I kind of got a nap. They were back there at 7 o'clock in the morning, picked me up, took me to the room, and I, I, I just prayed. I was like, Lord, if this is going to be it, I'm going to need you right now because I'm exhausted. And they were young. They had young guys there. Guys, I'm like, how old are you, man? He's like, oh, I'm 22. I'm like, oh, God. He's like, oh, I'm 23. I'm like, oh, my God. How old were you at the time? I'm like 27. Right? So old in, in football that's, years. That's old. Right? These guys are young. Their legs are fresh. They're just excited. And I'm just like. Which I, I think that's funny. I don't think a lot of people, like you mentioning that, I don't think a lot of people realize, fans do, that a lot of times these when they hear about a player getting worked out, like these are group workouts. Like right. you got other competition like with you at these workouts. And, of course, they're like, oh, let's see the 40. Let's see this. I'm like, I'm an old, slow <laughs> fart now. I'm like, all right. And I literally ran circles around these young kids. They were throwing up and tired. And, uh, you know, they, and the funny thing about a workout is, like you, you do it, and they're like, all right, cool, see you later. So I get to the airport to fly out of, and then my agent calls me and says, where are you at? I said, well, I'm in Boston now about to fly home. <laughs> He's like, go back. They're going to sign you. They want to sign you. So I go back. They sign me. This is on a Friday morning. I go back home uh, Friday night. I go Friday, Saturday. Sunday, I fly back because we started practice on Monday. Okay, so then when you got to practice, <sighs> you, had, you had spent your formative years in Dallas. That was your experience mm -hmm. of the league. Jason Garrett was your coach. You also had uh, Wade. Wade, Wade Phillips. What was a Bill Belichick practice like? Insane. Okay, so let me tell you that this is, this is – when you talk about how Bill Belichick wants intelligent people, 
So when I came back and I signed, I, I talked to Bill. We, I come into his office and he sits me down. And this is, this is what I love about their organization. There is, there's never any confusion. Like no player ever is confused about what is my job? What do they want me to do? What is my – never. He sat me down and he said, I need you to do three things. I need you to play special teams. I need you to be a leader on this team. And I need you to know everything that needs to be known for the Robert Seaver position. And he said, can you do that? And I said, yes. He shook my hand and said, I'll see you Monday. So I'm like, bet. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> We get to practice on Monday. Now, this is the first time I'm getting a playbook, right? And we're going through these sets, and I'm standing there. I'm, I mean, I'm fresh to the Patriots. How long have you had the playbook in your hand before they put you on the field and asked you to run some drills? Five hours. Okay. Five hours, right? And so you, I mean, you're going through installing all that kind of stuff, and we get out there, and I remember I'm standing next to Matthew Slater, who's a great dude. Great last name. Oh, well, yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> but like, as great as the last name is, as great as a person, his dad is a, is a Hall of Famer, Jackie Slater. I mean, he's great dude. And I'm standing there, and I'm, and I'm kind of just asking questions about the office stuff like that. And all, I, all of a sudden, I hear 16, you're in. So I begin to look around, like. <laughs> There has to be another 16 that he's talking about. They, they doubled up my number. Right. They I'm didn't like, have any free. <laughs> I'm like, and I go, okay, and I run in the huddle. Now, this isn't this isn't the third string huddle, the practice squad huddle. This is the huddle. I mean, there's Tom Brady, there's Rob Gronkowski, there's Aaron Hernandez, there's Dion. I mean, this is the number ones. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing in this huddle? The crazy part about it, no one blinks. No one looks around and be like, oh, the new guy's in here. No one, like, it's normal. And so I, I lean over to Deion Branch. And at the time, and we call Deion Branch country folk because he's from the country. So I said, hey, country folk, 
I'm going to need your help on this one, brother. <laughs> so he's like, ah, I got you. And Tom comes in the huddle like like I've been there for 50 years. He comes in. I don't even know the, the Spanish he spoke in that huddle, the Chinese he said in that huddle. <laughs> and I'm like, break. Dion goes, go right and run a go. <laughs> he could have been telling me the absolute wrong things. I break. I go right. I'm like, all right, well, if I, I go route, it's plus two on the numbers. And I run a go route. And he goes, all right, you're out. Takes me out. And I go, Matt, what the hell was that? Why did he do that to me? <laughs> he goes, that's the way he is, man. He wants to see if you were going to panic or not. Because at any point in time in the game, you might go in. And then as we begin to go through practices, he would do stuff like this. We'd be in a live period. He'd blow the whistle and go, Tom Brady, down, knee injury. Give me the number three quarterback. Let's go. And now the number three guy has to go in there and run the number one offense. And he would do it through multiple positions on any given period at any given time. So it never you you never you weren't goofing off on the sideline and you weren't going home at the end of the day and saying I'm not gonna send my play because he's never gonna put me in because you never know when he was gonna call you and God forbid I mean I saw him he cut Joseph a die on the spot who missed his times and conditioning <laughs> literally missed his spot and they were like go you out <laughs> and if but, you never saw anything like this when you played for the Cowboys no. No, and that's not even close. That's funny. You mentioning the uh, that reminds me of like one of my favorite NFL stories ever. When you say that you know he'd go Tom Brady knee down, get the third. Yeah, have you ever heard the famous Tom Moore quote about Peyton Manning at practice? John, if he goes down, we're left. John, John Gruden asked yeah. him one time. He said, "Why don't it, nobody but Peyton get snaps out here at practice? Why is that?" And Tom Moore said. If 18 goes down, we're effed. And right. He said, we don't practice F. <laughs> but, I mean, that, that goes to show that that's not just a different mindset from Dallas. Like, Belichick's mindset is just different from a lot of people in the NFL, period. But then he would also – like, this is, this is what I loved. Because in other places, and I've been in Cincinnati and I've been in Dallas, there was a known fact, for example, Miles Austin, Des Bryant, you know, Roy Witt, whoever you were, you're playing on Sunday. And you're getting all the reps and you're getting all the snaps. It wasn't that way in New England. If you didn't practice well that week, you weren't playing. And so that's why it didn't surprise you when it was the Super Bowl when they played Philly and they didn't start. Who was it? Who was? I'm drawing a blank here. Who was the guy that didn't play in that game? Mal, was it Malcolm uh, Butler? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Malcolm yeah. Butler. Yeah. yeah. And but, everyone was incredulous about that, remember? But I can take. I can give you even one better. He didn't start Wes Welker for a half against... I think they were playing the Jets in the playoff game. Remember? Because he said something about Rex Ryan's feet. He is adamant about – no, Bill is adamant about when you go and talk to the press, if you're not talking about yourself, then the other words out of your mouth better be about promoting a teammate. Wow. Anything off kilter like that, you're going to have to come see me. And Wes was making little snarky comments about Rex Ryan's feet, wife's feet or something like that. This is your best receiver. This is your, this is your ace in the hole right here. Been playing for a half in a playoff game, you know what I'm saying? Like, like that's the kind of, you know, atmosphere and culture. But to go back to to how practice was, like you've been to practice, but you've been to practice. At time, I mean, I've been in practices where we've stopped practices and, and during training camp to have the cheerleaders come out and perform. <laughs> right? Like yeah. you you don't see this kind of stuff. And what made practices what what makes them so good in the game? is because they literally practice like that. And what do I mean? There were times where Chad O'Shea, who's now the OC at Miami, um, with Brian, Brian Flora, they're, they're all disciples of, of Belichick in New England. 
he would come into a meeting room and be like, okay, Jesse, you and Jane, I only got room for one jersey this week. So whoever has the best practice gets it. That's wild. But then the same thing is happening across the hall in the DB room, right? So now you already have this natural battle between the wide receiver and the DB. But now I also have this battle between you and I. Can you imagine if they did that to Tony and Zeke here? So so <laughs> think about the level of I can't mess up because you're on my back. You can't mess up because I'm on your back. Oh, by the way, the natural order of, of football life is receiver DB is supposed to compete. So not only am I competing with you, I'm competing against him. So think about there's 50 guys doing this. So think about the level of competition in practice, how high energy that is. I mean, and, and again, no one is above the program, right? I mean, jo, uh, what's his name? Jonas Gray. Mm-hmm. He had 300 yards, I think one game, and two touchdowns, something stupid he had. He was late to a meeting on Monday. You, we haven't heard from him since. That's why the Antonio Brown thing was so fascinating to me. And, I, and, and the way, you know, if you, you talk about you can't talk about anybody else, you've got to keep your mouth shut, you've got to – the fact that Antonio Brown couldn't do the – what was expected of him there. I got to think that Bill just wasn't about that life. No. I, I mean, I, I thought – I'm, I'm sure that they came in and they probably had a discussion. And when Antonio came there, he was told, listen, here's what we need you to come here and do. Here's what you cannot do. And once you go past that, it's now it's – you're done. Well, and it's fascinating. Michael Bennett, you know, of course, asked in the locker room – you know, how he felt about Bill. And, and what you got was that even though things didn't work out there, he respected his approach to the game. And I think most guys, smart guys like yourself, thank you, walk away and you've got to respect. You know, we talk about consistency in Dallas, which is what people respect about Jason Garrett. But there is a process. There is a preparation that comes with Bill there is a level of expectations, and I think that's why it's worked in New England for as long as it has. And there is ability to adapt. I think that's one of the biggest things that we suffer for. We suffer with here. Bill requires everyone to be excellent. I mean, down to the training staff, down to the lunchroom. Like, let us come out and food not be ready. You're not going to hear... When I got to New England, this is a true story. When I got to New England, one of the first questions I asked, I asked it to Danny Amendola and Matt Slater. Um, and if anybody knows me, everybody knows that I'm, I'm a believer in Christ. So that's not, it's not, it's no secret, right? And I'm never going to, it's not, a, I'm not going to keep it a secret. But when I got there, I said, well, you know, how do we, how do you guys do chapel, right? How do you do? And they go, well, we do it. Now that's the first place I've ever been where just players did it. So I said, so you guys don't have anyone come in? And they said, well, we had a guy and well, he said something in church. Now, he was a pastor. He said something in church that got back to Bill, and he has not been back in two years. That is wild. Uh, That's so, why I love having Je- when, Jesse, you've told me some of these stories over right. the years, and I just think it adds to the intrigue, the mystery, the myth that is Bill Belichick, and also tells fans you know, for all of your frustrations with Jason Garrett questioning lately if he's a good in-game manager and needing to get this sort of win on the road, this is what they're up against. Yeah, and, and, This and, is the type of guy. And he leaves no stone unturned. Like, that is we're, – we're, everyone's into analytics now. Like, he's been doing that for years. Like, 
a dude is designed, like it's his job is to find out all these probabilities and all that. He's been doing that. Bennett talked about like that in the locker room. He's been doing that. I mean, I, I was there seven years ago. He's been doing that. And the thing with him is, this is why it's so difficult to beat a guy like Bill. He's not tied to one thing. They can work a game plan from Monday to Saturday and get in the game on Sunday and, and look up and go, this ain't working. Now, most coaches in the National Football League will go, no, we got just keep hearing that thing away. We know that here. Just keep hearing that thing away. Bill goes, rip, 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 rip. In the second quarter, in the middle of the game, he goes, rip, 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 rip. We're not doing that anymore. That ain't working. This is why he requires his players to be so uh, so smart and, and have the adaptability because whatever's not working, he ain't doing. And now he's saying, oh, that's not working. We're doing this. And you have to be able to adjust with that. Because he's not tied to anything. If it's working, we'll do it. And the thing is, it's so funny because he'll have things where, like, who's the DB that they just signed? I know you know. They just signed from um, off the Colts yeah, practice squad. Colts practice yeah, squad. yeah, yeah. I can't remember. He can't. Last time. They won't. He can't hide from Bill. Right. And if the route works, guess what they're going to do? They're going to run it again, and again, and again, and again, and again, until you stop it. It's no secret, like. That's the weak link. We're gonna go. We're not gonna be like, oh, oh, we hit that for twenty. Let's let's go over here. No, we hit it for twenty. Let's hit it again for twenty. And again for, he won't stop. Like it's almost like bullying. And if he finds something that you ha- are deficient at, he will. T- and then Tom will do the same thing. This reminds me of Stranger Things when you think about the Demi Gordon. <laughs> And you're thinking, like, how do you defeat him? And it's like, he's ever-present. You can't yeah, beat him. He right. knows everything about you. I, I'm curious. The, I'm scared now. No, but Jesse, you just saying something there. It kind of triggered a thought in my head. So when something works, like Bill's going to go back. And, you know, if, if something's not working, he's not a, afraid or, or too arrogant, I guess, to say, yeah, this was my plan, but my plan's not working and we'll reset. Do you think that perhaps one of Jason Garrett's faults might be that he believes in his concepts more than he believes in his personnel at times. Yes. And do you think that part of Dak stepping up is because anybody who's heard him do an interview will hear this part of Dak stepping up is there's a guy in that room now, John Kitna, who believes in the people more than sometimes the concepts. Yes. 100%. I think the biggest issue with Jason Garrett, and this goes back to he's been around football his entire life, right? He went to Princeton. He's a smart yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean, he's not an idiot. He, he's no, really smart. But that's the problem. That is the problem. When you think you're the smartest guy in the room is when you lost. Enron. Enron. Enron, smartest guy in the and, and room. This is, and this is what it comes down to at times. You think your way is the only way. And when you figure it out that it's not, it's too late. And I think that's the biggest thing with Jason is he's a smart guy. And, and it's not just him. It's a ton of coaches across the league who they've been brought up, they've learned one way, they've learned one style, and that's what they know. And you've heard Jerry Jones say it about Kellen Moore. We're not hiring him because of his experience. We're hiring him because of his inexperience and his ability to, 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 to look at things from a different perspective. Well, why do you need that? Because the guy that you had there before didn't have that, mm-hmm. right? It, it's, I, 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 would, I would like to reference, you know, talking about, one of the greatest businessmen, not Jerry Jones, but Warren Buffett, right? Mm-hmm. And he talks about building the perfect uh, uh, businessman or woman. And it, it, it just talks about, well, no one person or very rarely one person has all three. Someone to, uh, uh, to have the vision, someone to put the plan together, and then someone to sell it. No person is all three. 
Some people have vision and ability to sell. Couldn't put it together to save their life. Some people can put things together, have a vision, but couldn't sell it to anybody to save their life. You know what I'm saying? So when you think that you're the end all be all, you, you get so stubborn and stuck in your ways that it's so hard for you to change. And we all know it's, it's and, and just in, in everything that we do, it's either you evolve or you die. Right. You're able to change and adapt to personnel, to situations, to people, to, to cultures, to everything, or you die. It's just like, if you're still in this league and you're still trying to run, you know, two tight end sets and fullback and all that kind of stuff, you're probably going to lose at some point in time because that's not the way the league is anymore. It's all about evolution and being able to change and adapt to everything that you're a part. You know, and, and this league has changed and Jason has to be able to change his way of thinking and change his way of doing certain things. And I think bringing in guys like John Kitna, who he respects uh, and who will challenge him. John, and, and, and to be fair, is a guy that like Garrett tried to fight for a year ago when they hired Kellen Moore as the quarterback coach. He right. wanted Kitna here. Right. So it's not it's not like he's against, you know, Kitna bringing in a different perspective or anything like that. But I also think that interesting when you pointed out like how intense practices in New England and you obviously experienced practices here in Dallas. When people look at some of these slow starts that they've been having and it seems almost inexplicable, like why are these struggles there early on and then they get remedied later? Do you think or do you suspect, obviously not being out there in the practice for the entire time, but knowing what you know about how things run here, um, do you feel like the practices or the preparation may be off and that's the reason for these slow starts? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> absolutely. It, it That hasn't been checked. It's been talked about, but has it been checked? Now, right? Did you guys script play the first 15 plays when you were here? Mm-hmm. And, and that's standard pretty much across the league at this point. Right. And... I know that Dallas typically, Wade Wilson said this a couple years ago before he passed away, said that uh, one of the things they did in two minute, I know he went into detail about how, you know, they really narrow down the playbook for two minute and that they, you know, practice that on Saturdays, I think he said, and that that's kind of, you know, really structured just like the first 15 plays of the game are. Do you think that would be the time where Garrett's influence that may be different from what Kellen Moore's trying to do and is more advanced that's where Garrett's influence would be heaviest, and that may explain some of the issues that we're seeing as this is more like the offense we saw two years ago. That's an interesting theory. I, I think, and honestly, the best two minutes are run by the quarterbacks who don't need the headset from the guys on the sideline, mm-hmm. right? When, when you just right. let them go. Because who who is better than seeing what's on the field than, than me? the guy on the field? Right? If I'm the quarterback, who – yeah, you're up there, in the, but I've seen it. I've I've worked with this kind of – so those guys would be the best guys to to actually call it. And you see the great ones. What, what do we fear when we play uh, 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 Aaron Rodgers' team, right? With the balls on the uh, – he gets the ball the minute yeah, left. It doesn't matter if there's Brady, Rodgers, or even think about the very last two-minute drive we ever saw from Romo in that opener against the Giants where he just darted down and didn't need the timeouts. We heard it uh, was a couple of weeks ago with, with um, Russell Wilson. He said, we lost communication in the headset. So what did he do? just went and did his thing because he's like, I got a feel. I, I'm looking. I'm seeing. Okay, I like the matchup, and I, and I go here or there. The, the biggest thing with to me is when you're talking about those slow starts, mm-hmm. that starts out there in practice. Like that, that is something where – and we're comparing the two teams again. Like that wouldn't be acceptable mm-hmm. in New England. Like Bill will take a fine – for the fact that you will stay out on practice field until you got it right. <laughs> and it's not just Bill. It's the players. And, and, I, and I go back to another story where 
you remember this was the whole when uh, I think it was Giselle Bunchen when she talked about you know my husband can't throw oh, it yeah. and catch it the back shoulder to to West Walker that he dropped against the Giants what it was I think it was it was one of those games maybe yeah. it's the AFC Championship I don't yeah. know what it was but back shoulder right well we worked that play when I got there and the same result happened the same result happened back shoulder bad throw dropped and Tom Brady goes line up we're running it again and Jason Josh McDaniels goes let's go next play Tom goes. F that. We're running this play again. This won't cost me again. <laughs> now, this is from your quarterback. You know what we did? Now, Josh is saying, let's go, next play. Guys stopped and looked around and was like, Tom said, F that. We're running it again. You know what guys did? They lined up. It, was, it didn't go unchecked, right? It was like, no, this cost us. It won't cost me again because we're going to run this play again. We're going to have these situations again. The Cowboys are going to have the start of the game again. If it goes unchecked or if it's not made, if, if it's not a, a serious issue to be dealt with, it'll continue to be a problem. Now, I've said all week it's very Cowboys-esque for them to go up and win this sort of game yeah. and then lose to the Bills on Thanksgiving. With that being said, there's been some bulletin board material against Tom this week, Washington Post, saying he's not an elite quarterback no. anymore. He was clearly not happy after that Eagles game. Knowing what you know about Tom, what do you expect from him on Sunday? I, I tweeted this out like maybe yesterday or two days ago. I'm like, all the journalists, writers, who, all the media human beings, stop. <laughs> stop. Please, we'll be out of there about dinner time Sunday. Then call him washed. Call him old. Call him whatever you want. Because you and I both know when players go, well, I don't pay attention to the outside noise. Shut up. You're a liar. Every player knows everything that is said about them. Whether they're looking up their own names on Twitter or Google, unless somebody in their crew sent them a text message about it, your mama, your daddy, your auntie, someone has told you. And if you go in any locker room, training room, training table, the TV's on ESPN, NFL Network, so everyone hears what they say about you. Man, he is so fueled. And he, you think he doesn't know America's team and what's this. And Man, that joker is... And for athletes in general, but for really the great ones, they're looking for any little thing to motivate them. You would think no one even discounted them last year, and he kept saying, "We're still here." Right, and I'm like, any little thing an athlete can find because for Tom Brady, like, what hasn't he accomplished? Like, go right, yeah. So supermodel wife, beautiful kids. He has more money than he could ever spend. Championships. Championships. He's, I mean, he's regarded as the greatest player to ever play the position, right? That's an, I argue whatever you want to argue, but that's the conversation. So what gets him up every single day? And this is a guy who is about details. So what gets him up going every day? He's trying to find, and he does it every Sunday. He'll have his little post and he'll have, you know, something that they said. He's looking for this stuff. He's chroming the internet. He's looking at what Dallas reporters are saying and what the pundits are saying and the national media is saying. He's looking for this stuff to go, oh, they think I can't have a 300-yard? Oh, oh, they, they think it's all about the defense? Oh, they think, didn't we just win a Super Bowl six months ago? He's trying to find any little thing that he can use as a smoldering piece of, of, of ammunition to just set that competitive fire he wants to go let's go you know him on the sideline he wants to do that and he's looking for every reason to is, is that a mentality that's required to play quarterback that's a mentality that's required to play professional you you have to find like the whole chip on your shoulder mentality like you have to find and, and 
I don't think it's a bad thing. We sometimes now that we're in the media, we're like, this guy, who do you think he is? But you have to have that. Like, think about that. Every single day, there's someone trying to defeat you. So if I don't believe I'm as good as I think I am, you damn sure ain't going to believe it. So I have to find, you have to find little things. When I was in Cincinnati with Chad, you know, Chad even told me, he goes, the reason why I do all this stuff, it's not for the media. It's, you know, the reason why I list the DBs and all that, it's because when I go home and I want to play the video game or I want to go out and hang out, I remember that I just called the dude that we're about to play a scrub. And the dude that I just called a scrub, I sent them Pepto-Bismol. So he's angry. So you know what that means for me? I got to watch a little extra film. I got to go a little bit harder in practice just because I pissed him off over there. And so it, it, it kept him on his game. So a lot of times, again, guys are just trying to find different ways to sharpen the knife. And especially once you start elevating yourself to that status. And when you're, when you're a scrub like me, it is like, man, I got to practice hard every day or I won't have a job. Jeez, I don't know about the fans that are listening to this podcast. I had some optimism about this Cowboys team. I feel like we literally <laughs> just shared scary stories no, 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 from the NFL. No, 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 because see, that's what Jesse's doing. Like he, I'm actually sitting here in my bed. I'm sitting there in my bed with the sheets up over my neck. No. I'm real. I, I don't know if but I can sleep hope. for Jess, the next Jess, couple of days. Jesse's giving the ammunition. He said they need some. He knows people are going to call on the internet and they're going to hear Jesse saying like, man, those Patriots. And then they're going to, I see what Jesse's 11 doing. was doing able to line. eliminate the Demi Gordon, but they, he did come back. So that's all. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but I, I think this Cowboy team, here's my, here's my take. Do I think there's a lot of errors that the Cowboys are just are deficient at when it comes to, but I do believe this in my heart of hearts. And it took me until this year to get on the train but if they completely take the handcuffs off and let Dak just go, that is their only chance. Dak has to get into that Michael Jordan, Steph Curry, I'm, I'm in such a zone. And I think he's kind of done that the last couple of games. Like, you could just start seeing, I'm always looking at body language. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a body language kind of dude. So when I'm playing against someone, I'm looking, I'm like, man, if his shoulders are slump and he's like kind of unsure, I got him. But Dak, is, he's doing things and he's like, his shoulders are back and his confidence is there. And, you know, we all know people inside and I've talked to some people on the inside and they're just like, this dude is a pleasure to coach. This guy wants, to, like he is yearning. And when you hear that, a dude is yearning to learn of how every day hungry, how can I get better? How can I get better? How can I get better? To me, the only the only real hope is, and I think they're getting to the point where it's like shackles off. Here, here is the keys to the luxury car, not not the Pinto, but here's the keys to the luxury car. I think this is the only way they win. Dak has one of those statement games. One of those, it doesn't have to be 500 yards, but it has to be a surefire. I made the right throw at the right time for to the right dude for the right play. You don't have to have the gaudy numbers. Those look nice, and it, you know when you put them up on your your numbers, gotta be. So I know you want to have all the analytical numbers. <laughs> He's and I so get ready it. for Monday. I know. He wants this. I know. But I, I'm talking about. It, I mean, it can be a 250 yard game. It just needs to be the right drive but at the right time. It, it's it's those throws, right? It's like okay, all right, seven seven, right? Oh, boom, man! He took us on a drive and he hit that one post that was thre- he thread the needle and it was a touchdown. Or you know what I'm saying? Like it, it doesn't have to be now. Would I love to have a 400-yard game, three touchdowns? That would look great. And it would catapult him into that real serious MVP conversation. But it's for him, it has to be that moment where he is making every right decision. Every check has to be right. 
every throw has to be right. And then if you can get that, I mean, that's to me, that's the only way that they win this football game. This was one of my absolute favorite pods. (laughs) I love getting into the mind of the opponent. I love having a guy that's been able to be really on both sides of this. Thank you so much for your time. We hope you'll come back. Oh, you know. Yeah, and shout shout out your social. Oh, yeah. Um, You can find me at Mr. Fourth and Long. Um, Just the letter for T-H-A-N-D-L-O-N-G. And if I can, just briefly, um, you know, this is the time of year where I do my Holly's Helping Hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I meant to ask you about that. Go ahead. Yeah, Yeah. I I do my Holly's Helping Hand charity dinner. And and basically what it is, man, I come from a poor background. I was a poor dude, middle of three boys raised by my grandmother. We were dirt poor. And, you know, when I got into league, I wanted to do something to give back to my community. And so this is like year six or seven of it where uh, we find families in the DFW who are in need. And, and, I, and I tell the kids all the time, I do this because I sat in your seats. And it's just a fun thing, man. I, I rent out space at Dave & Buster's. And all these individual families come and we have dinner. And now I ask for each family to give me a list of wants and a list of needs. And we try to get all the needs on the list. And then the, the wants are, you know, the, the, the extra stuff. But just to give them a Christmas of a lifetime, no kid should ever have to wake up on Christmas Day and not have anything under the tree. I mean, that to me breaks my heart more than any other holiday it is. Every kid should have the opportunity to wake up on Christmas Day to something. And and so that's what that's what I do uh, with that. Um, We've probably had over the years, man, probably over three, four hundred kids who, you know, we've changed when they look at Christmas because Christmas can be a great experience. Or it can be a horrible experience. And I've been on both sides of the ledger. And so I just want to be able to give back and help. So um, we're looking for donations, man. And you can jump on my Twitter, at Mr. Fourth and Long. Or you can email me at Hollies, H-O-L-L-E-Y-S, helping, H-E-L-P-I-N-G, hands, H-A-N-D-S, at gmail.com. Email me. I can shoot you the link to PayPal. It's just to donate, man, 5 10 15 20 bucks. Listen, don't go to Chipotle for one day. <laughs> Say no to the Starbucks coffee for one day. You know, just whatever it is, you know, you we, we have so much stuff that we just spend money on just unconsciously. Think about donating 25 bucks. That can really, you think it's not enough? It really goes a long way to, to these kids' life and, and helping us out do that. Count me in, homie. I got you. I appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> appreciate it. Yes, sir. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. 
Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game winner ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. <laughs> One of the greatest gifts that owner Jerry Jones gave us this week was dangling this piece of information out in front of Cowboys fans. Sort of one of those come on man situations. Here he is talking about Bill Belichick before the six Super Bowls recently fired by the Browns as they moved from Cleveland to Baltimore and and that became the Ravens franchise. Bill Belichick appealing to Jerry Jones to bring him to Dallas. I'll never forget I was uh, uh, in uh, skiing after the season was over, after our season was over, the Cowboys season was over, and I was uh, buying skis for my grandkids uh, uh, or uh, renting skis for my grandkids, and there was a line, and uh, I'm sitting in the back, and somebody bumps up against me a few times, and I turn around, and there was this guy that I couldn't make of him because he had his ski stuff on and goggles and <laughs> raised up. It was Bill. And, of course, he had uh, uh, he no longer had a job. He had been with Cleveland, and they'd let him go up there. And um, he said, boy, listen, said, uh, uh, I can coach. said, if you ever get, get an opportunity, uh, don't, don't forget about me. And uh, I've thought about that many times. Uh, you never know when you can find a great coach. You can find him in a ski checkout line sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I was on Snowmass. Um, I was out there with the family, and jersey his body on big white jack with blue star kind of off a couple super bowl victories out there so um but yeah jerry's uh, and the jones have always been you know great to me i always had a great relationship with them uh you know when jimmy was at um when jimmy was a coach down there you know i was at cleveland uh, afc nfc and it wasn't really much much competition there so you know we were involved in a few trades and you know off-season conversations things like that um you know, still from where we are and where they are, I mean, it's really not a lot of direct competition. It's a team that, you know, we've worked with before. And, um, but, yeah, Jerry's, you know, I have all the respect in the world for Jerry. He's so totally committed to winning. Um, that organization's committed to, to winning. You know, Steven does a great job with their organization and personnel. And um, you know, Jason does a great job on the coaching end. So, you know, I've spent a lot of time, you know, talking to those guys at various owners' meetings or, Workouts, or you know, what have you. Remember what you uh, supposedly said to him—the takeaway line that Jerry. Yeah, I saw it. I don't know if I can remember the way Jerry described it, but I mean, it's, you know, he's probably got better memory than I do. Well, no, we were at Snowmass, and you know, it's kind of the end of the day, and kind of, you know, picking the kids up from ski school and whatever. Can't beat Snowmass. So, yeah, Jerry and Bill Belichick teasing fans a little bit, specifically Cowboys fans. I don't know why Jerry throws those things out other than just, you know, it, it, all, it almost just like, hey, we, we won against Detroit. I feel in a good mood. Let's let's throw this out there. It's so funny, Bobby, because when this story dropped, it really felt like the girl that got away. But it was actually the you know, it's like the starting quarterback 
in high school. You know, he, it's like the Cowboys had just won the Super Bowl. They mm-hmm. don't need you. And then it's like the geeky, cute girl. Think of Rachel Lee Cook and she's all that yeah. really into the starting quarterback. And he's like, eh, I don't really see it. And then all of a sudden she blossoms into this beautiful girl. And you're like, man, that's the one that got away. Bill Belichick is Rachel Lee Cook in this scenario. So do you think Jerry Jones has ever been compared to Freddie Prinze Jr.? Than by you just now. No, that's a little bit of a stretch. But I've always said John Malkovich would be a hell of a Jerry Jones in a movie. That's a good one. See, you'll get credit for that when it undoubtedly happens. Well, joining us is a good friend and a guy that has not only covered this team, but has covered the Patriots. It's Albert Breer at Albert Breer on Twitter. 479,000 followers. We've got a massive guest on this show. But as I said, a guy that's a senior NFL reporter for Monday Morning Quarterback. He's also been with the Boston Globe, Dallas Morning News, and NFL Network. Hey, let's go ahead and get into this matchup. Cowboys versus Patriots. What needs to give here if the Cowboys are looking to get a win on the road in Foxborough against a 9-1 team? Yeah, I mean, I think what's fascinating about this one is just kind of how well Dak's playing and how the you know, it sort of feels like the identity of the, the Cowboys offense has shifted a little bit away from Zeke and a little bit towards Dak. Um, and you got everything that goes into, you know, Dak's season, which, you know, it's the contract, it's the, the guys around him, um, you know, and it's just sort of moving into the next phase of his career. And now he gets this challenge where he's playing a Patriots defense that really outside of a few blips on the radar has played at a historic level all year and has, you know, maybe one of the best defensive coaches in the history of football, beyond just how good a head coach he is, uh, pushing the buttons, and a guy who's always been able to get into quarterbacks' heads. And so I think that's, Jane, to me, the, the most fascinating part of this is just how well Dak's playing and now the challenge that's in front of him. And, and, you know, Albert, not just the challenge of going up against Bill Belichick and this Patriots defense that for a lot of the season has been putting up historic pass defense numbers, but, you know, it looks like Sunday on Foxborough, you're going to be, you know, in the 30s and 40s, rain. Uh, is, is this a game you think where the Cowboys are just going to say, hey, we're going to have to throw it back a little bit and go a little old school and lean on Zeke? Well, I, I just tell you this, they can try to do that. I would I would tell you that the the way that that Bill coaches defense, um, whatever he thinks that the, the Cowboys are going to want to do, he's going to try to take that away. Um, the whole idea of the way Bill builds the defense is he wants to have guys out there who are versatile, who can do do different things, so he can force an offense to play left-handed. And you know, in this case, I would think even with everything that we've seen, how well Dak's played and everything else. I still think that, that the way Bill approaches this is we want to get Dak Prescott in, in long yardage and we want to take Ezekiel Elliott out of the game. And so you can try that. And, and, and you know, I think there was a point where your offensive line was good enough to do that about, I guess, just about anybody. But, I, you know, my experience is that whatever you don't want to do, that's what Bill's going to make you do. And I think in this case, it's going to be let's see how Dak Prescott reacts playing against the secondary that we've got. Let's see how Dak Prescott reacts playing in the elements. And let's see how Dak Prescott reacts playing on the stage. You know, the one thing that Tom Brady is known for is he loves bulletin board material. And while I've been arguing all week that this is the sort of game, as you said, Dak is clicking on all cylinders. This is the type of game that the Cowboys would go and win and then the following week lose to the Bills because that's just who they are. I I did go ahead and see this article. I don't know if you saw it from Neil Greenberg from the Washington Post essentially saying that Tom Brady is no longer playing like an elite quarterback. How do you think that Brady is processing that? And how is that for timing for the Cowboys coming up there? 
Yeah, you know what's interesting about it, James? Like, and and a lot's been made out of this up here is is how Sullen Brady looked after um, after beating the Eagles on Sunday, and how he's sort of seemed a little pissed off over the course of the the year. And I here's what I tell you about that. Um, you know, I think a lot of people look at him and say, well, why would you act that way? You're nine and one. Brady's legendarily competitive, and anybody who's been around him has you know you you see that in him. And you don't shut that off when it goes from team success to individual accomplishment and individual success. And so, you know, while I think he's happy where the team is, and anybody would be at 9-1, and one, I think individually he's a little disappointed in the way that he's played and the way the offense has played. And so, um, you know, I think as much as there is that bulletin board material out there and people may be saying he's lost a step and everything else, I do think that this for him – is about getting his individual performance back to where it needs to be. Which, by the way, I don't think like the the social media courting of Antonio Brown and and all that different stuff. I don't think that's unrelated. Like I think you know right now he he feels like offensively they're in a spot where they got to pull every lever they possibly can to get back to where they need to be to perform in January and February. And so I, I think the way you've seen Brady carry himself of late it's probably just as important as any sort of outside motivation because I think that for him, this is about getting individually back where he needs to be ahead of the playoffs. Is there any advantage you think that Dak Prescott's coming off a game, obviously with a, a porous Detroit defense, but is there any advantage you think of having potentially some of those similar looks from Matt Patricia that Bill Belichick may be able to come at him with, or do you think that's just a bigger advantage for Belichick that he can see what about his scheme does yeah. and doesn't work? Well, I don't think Matt Patricia has players as good as Bill Belichick does, so that's going to be a difference. But I do think that there is one thing you can take, and that's when you play a defense like that, you're going to have to adjust to something early in the game. Um, you don't know what it's going to be early on. You can try to project it, but, you know, you can be wrong. Um, but whatever you, you think you see on tape, whatever you're prepared for, there's going to be something else that's going to be thrown in there. And so, you know, the Lions do that. The Dolphins, as bad as they've been, the Dolphins do that because Brian Flores is down there, and certainly the Patriots have been known for that. And so I think if there's one thing you can take from, you know, what the Lions did with Dak, it's, you know, the the Dak and the Dallas offense, they had to adjust in the first half to what Matt Patricia was throwing at them. And so they're better players in New England than there are in Detroit, and that's a, that's a, that's going to make a difference in the way that you're, you know, you're able to attack Dak and the Dallas offense. Um, but, you know, I would say that, you know, the ability to adjust on the fly, at the very least, they get a warm-up for that in playing against Detroit um, ahead of playing the Patriots. All right. You've covered Jerry Jones. You've covered this Dallas Cowboys team. There was a fascinating story that Jerry Jones told 105.3 The Fan this week where he relayed running into Bill Belichick after he'd been fired by the Browns. That team was moving yep. to the Ravens, and Bill told him that he thought he could still coach come and get him, and then after, Jerry hires Chan Gailey. What did you think about that story, and do you think that there would ever be a possibility that Bill, like Bill Parcells, would come down to Dallas one day? I mean, I think that ship sort of sailed, Jane. I I think he's going to coach for a while longer. I don't think he wants to go and and reset somewhere else, because I think he's got a wire a certain way in New England now where it's not as hard as it used to be for him. I I can tell you, like, he – he comes back every year now, a day or two later from Nantucket. Um, and that, to me, is telling And that it says he feels like he can let the operation run itself 
more than he used to be able to. And I think at his age, he really values that. So I don't think he would go and reset somewhere else, anywhere else right now. That said, if you ever were going to leave, I do think that Dallas would have been one of those places that he would have looked at 10 years ago, whatever it might have been. Um, you know, the Giants in that category, too, just because I do think he does look at certain franchises a little bit differently. And you remember what Parcell said, um, that's the main stage of the NFL is Dallas. And so I do think that there's something that would have been attractive uh, about the idea of it to him. And I'll give you guys another thing on that, too. That, that year that Jerry's referencing, 1996, right? So that's the year the Cowboys are coming off the Super Bowl. They're obviously not going to be making a coaching change. I think Bill was probably talking about coming on as an assistant. And he looked at sort of different options at that time, right? Well, he wound up in New England as Parcells' secondary coach that year. The one other option he had that year was to go with Jimmy Johnson to the Dolphins. <laughs> and so I think that certainly tells you that he had his eye on what the Cowboys were doing and had an eye on how Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones runs the operation back then because Jimmy Johnson was actually the one guy he was considering going with in 1996 after getting fired with the Browns if he hadn't wound up back with Parcells. Man, I'm just, you're crushing Cowboy fans' dreams. And when you consider what the trajectory could have been in Dallas, the Patriots went on to win six Super Bowls. The Cowboys have yet to be back. Yeah, and Jerry just offered it up for you guys too, right? I know. I, like, I'm like, why are you doing that to the Cowboy fans? It's, it's why? A, it's such a blessing, though, to get that from Jerry. Um, it, just in the last little bit we have with you here, Albert, a uh, quick question. You know, the last 15 years, the Patriots have kind of been a, a legacy measuring stick for a lot of people. Uh, Peyton Manning and, you know, other people who have gone up against them. It, it can really help your case around the league when you perform well against them. We saw that with Lamar Jackson this year. Not just Dak Prescott, but going up there to New England, having a big performance on offense, do you think that starts kicking back up the buzz about Kellen Moore around the league as a future head coach? Yeah, and I, I think Kellen Moore sort of at the he's, – he's part of what I think, you know, you're seeing a trend right now where former players are kind of get, getting moved up the ranks faster, right? And I think Mike Vrabel was at the front end of this, obviously the head coach in Tennessee now. But you see other guys who played in the league – who are kind of being pushed forward faster. And it's going to be interesting to me to see how fast these guys ascend to the level of head coach. It's Kellen Moore in Dallas. It's Byron Lefwich, the offensive coordinator with the Bucks. It's Kevin O'Connell, the offensive coordinator with the Redskins. And it's, I think, Gerard Mayo now, who's already involved in defensive play calling in his first year coaching in New England for Belichick. So you, you look at guys like that who are seen as cerebral players, uh, because the, 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 the coaching landscape, because there's been so much change over the course of the last 10 years, you have eight coaching changes a year. There's really a feeling out there that the, the well has sort of started to run dry because there's been that much turnover. So I think teams are starting to look a little more creatively, like, okay, like how can we create head coaches? How can we get guys in position who have, may have the, the, the qualities of a head coach? How can we get them in a position to do that? And so, you know, I think it's, you know, looking at the college ranks with guys like Lincoln Riley and Matt Rule, but I think it's also looking at ex-players and saying to yourself, hey, wait, you know, this guy may not have been coaching for 15 years, but he, he played for a bunch of years, and that counts too. Let's see if we can move him up the ranks fast. And so I think guys like O'Connell and Lefwich and Moore down there and Mayo are kind of part of this trend where you could see guys who haven't coached for that long but played in the league moving into head coaching jobs pretty quickly.
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. <laughs> I've got one more thing for you before we let you go, Albert. When you cover this team, you've got great stories. And since you did cover this yeah. team, any one story yeah. stand out for you, Albert? Okay, so if there's one that I can tell here, and I'll give you guys a special bonus. I'll throw a guy who covers the team under the bus, too. Um, while I do, while I tell this one, but yes, spill the I tea. Covered the Cowboys in 07, I covered this uh, the team in oh seven and oh eight, and like that was, I mean, it's always crazy there, but I think it was a little extra crazy. And so we're coming down to the end of the oh seven season, and you'd have the to thing with the that's my quarterback, and um, and then if you guys remember during the bye week, like those a bunch of guys went to to Cabo. It was like. It was Tony. It was it was Jason Witten. It was yeah. Bobby Carpenter. It was Jessica it was all Simpson. Those different guys. <laughs> yes. And then and then they got and then they get popped in the divisional round, right? So all those questions come back around. They lost to the Giants in the divisional round, and so we're in the locker room on baggy day, on the days they're all kind of cleaning out their lockers. And Brady James, who was the captain on the team, was the last guy standing there. Everybody else was sort of gone, and he was answering questions from the media. And so Brady started in on the media and how our negativity had sort of caused this and how big a problem it was. And, you know, I just think you guys have been so negative. And Calvin Watkins is standing in the back of the scrum, pops his head up, and goes, hey, Brady, how you figure? And, <laughs> and Brady, turns, Brady sees who it is asking the question and says, all right, guys, that's it, no more questions. So – you know, at the old, like at the old, uh, at Valley Ranch, you had that perimeter around. So we're all waiting outside the perimeter as the last guys leave the locker room. And Brady walks out of the locker room and Calvin says to Brady, 
Hey, Brady, how many tackles the media missed yesterday? Oh, no. I swear to God, I have never seen, like, I, like, I give Calvin so much credit. I've never seen a media guy go back at somebody like that. Brady gave him a look like he was going to meet him outside the flagpole at 3 o'clock. Like, it was unbelievable. That's like a Jay Ratliff so situation. Like, yeah, I got lots of good stories I can't tell, but there's a good one I can tell for you. Oh, I love that you spilled the tea. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. I know you've got a pod. Do you want to put that one out there for fans? Yeah, sure. So, like, we have the MMQB NFL podcast, which I, I do that every Tuesday afternoon. It goes up. But if you go on that feed, you can get all the MMQB NFL podcasts every day of the week. Um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, all those places where you get your shows. You are so awesome. Thank you for joining us on the show. Albert, you're the best. All right. Thanks, guys. Anytime. Thanks so much. Well, we didn't get to this on our pod earlier in the week, but we sort of talked about how this game could really change the narrative as it applies to both the Dak Prescott as well as the Cowboys season. I think about the Cowboys heading into that Saints game on Thursday night. There was this wisdom out there. How are you going to beat Sean Payton and that offense the way that they were rolling? They did it. Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, saying this week he's throwing the out of the ball and things are just clicking for him right now. As a Dak truther, do you think Dak Prescott has it in him to put this team on his back and get a win in Foxborough? If they allow him to win games for them. You know, we said that a couple weeks ago. You've got a a top-tier quarterback now. Let him go win games for you. This is a road environment against a strong team, a strong defense, uh, one that's noted for giving young quarterbacks problems. I mean, Dak's a four-year veteran now, but, you know, this is something that Bill Belichick's noted for. And so I, I would say if you give him that opportunity, I think he'll come through. And I think he'll, you know, prove you wise for putting that faith in him. It'll just be interesting to see if the Cowboys put that amount of faith in him in this game in the weather conditions that are going to be there. Well, Ezekiel Elliott certainly gave him his vote of confidence this week, saying that you've got to go with the hot hand. And, you know, while he realizes that this offense essentially runs through him, it was almost like you got his thumbs up that this passing game has really been firing on all cylinders. But as you said, the weather going to be a big factor. Yeah. And I, and I agree with Zeke. Go with Dak. You should run Dak out there. Let him go win you football games. That's the way to do it. Um, but it's going to be a, a challenge on the weather front, on the uh, personnel front, just the way you match up against the best defense in the NFL right now. And then, of course, just the battle of wits with how intelligent and, and sharp Bill Belichick is. Fans, prepare yourself for the next (laughs) podcast. If the Cowboys can pull this one off in Foxborough and it's because of Dak Prescott, Bobby is going to be on one. We look forward to that one. So stay tuned. I'm personally looking forward to this game. I'm looking forward to the next podcast. Picking the kids up from ski school, whatever. Can't beat snowmass. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, 
At these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.